Stories Podcast, your number one show for everything guitar. Hey, everybody! Hello! Yeah, I was pretty sure I was live during that intro then, Dan, because I was singing along. (laughs) (laughs) Dan, I have not spoken to you so little in about a year. Oh, uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. It It was weird, wasn't it? I mean, last week's episode did fall flat because of the snow. Yeah. And then, and then we both had so much to do. It's crazy. Can everyone hear us? Let's just show everyone hear us. I can hear us twice because I've accidentally got the uh, the real stream going. Andy, do you want me to dive into the topic or do you want me to just uh, shut my mouth? Don't make that noise when I'm testing my headphones. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. I am back, I am cool, I am calm, I am collected, I am excited. Because um, we're, we're talking about something today that's very close to my heart. And also we have a special guest who's also very close to my heart. So it's like a double whammy of heart closeness. Oh, that's so good. Tell us a little bit. Because I didn't know the guest either. You know, it's, it's a th- thing, guys, when, whenever we are like kind of preparing that episode, we talk about gear news, we talk about, okay, what would be interesting to, to, to tackle? And then Andy was like, all right, could we have a guest next week too? Because usually we do like alternating episodes, one with a guest and one without. And I was thinking about it and, and agreed to it because guests are always fun. And he said, ah, that, that, there's that dude that I know, he makes great music and he's kind of, you know, independent musician who tries to, you know, get out to, to the public. So let, let's talk about that. And I thought about it and I thought like, interesting because neither Andy nor I really are like deep in, in that field. We're not, no experts, nowhere near expert. But maybe together we can discuss a, a couple of approaches and, and find out what ways there are to stand out of the masses. Well, that's what, that's what I'm the, hoping, Dan. I'm office. hoping that this, this video, this podcast is, is not about, um, we're not going to tell you how to do it because we don't know but it's more discussion <laughs> and and opening up other people's experiences towards this and um i have some experience in this this area and the person we're going to speak to tonight i remember him posting on the social medias does anyone know how to do this <laughs> so i thought <laughs> all right i know a little but i thought if we combine the power of the guitar stories podcast then maybe we can help my friend and also help each other Mm-hmm. Great idea. Uh, I mean, we've got like 45, 50 people in the chat anyways. So if anyone has, has great ideas or suggestions on how to spread the word and how to, you know, stand out as a musician. Yes. Always, always interested to hear those kind of approaches. Maybe, you know, someone had a band and they, they were kind of famous or even were professionals for, for some time. That would be interesting. But before we come to our guest, shall we dive into the first segment of the show? What's the first segment, Dan? Uh, it could be guitar news. Guitar news. Okay. So the guitar news this week, Dan, is that I don't have any news for you. Have you got any news? I do. Oh, great. No, well, we I missed did not. last week. So what was new last week is no longer new. It's now olds. But uh, I suppose we could talk about Nam for just a, a small second, because. A lot of stuff went on with Nam. There was lots of new gear released. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. I actually caught up with some of the stuff that I don't get to catch up with when I'm at Nam, which is the mm-hmm. the sort of talks and the conferences and the how-tos and 
there was some really good content that the Believe in Music Nam people put out. Mm-hmm. There was some great yeah. guitar tech stuff that I caught, like a sort of 10-minute podcast by a guy. That was super interesting, like a beginner's guide to guitar setup. Um, mm-hmm. There was uh, singing lessons, um, something about music business. I can't quite remember fully, but yeah, I was actually surprised that I think what they did was good. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It was interesting to see how kind of smooth everything went. I don't know behind the scenes, but uh, apparently from from what I could see as a, a consumer or you know uh, being in the industry as a comparison between what the real event would look like and how the virtual name was kind of organized, I felt it was kind of well made. You could you could you know sure. book slots if you wanted to talk to someone from a company, a rep from a company. You could you know get like the nitty gritty from from each and every company when it comes to the product news. I was. I think they made the the best out of it. The only question to me that is still kind of unanswered is: Is Nam and and virtual Nam even something that the industry wishes more to be successful than the actual consumers uh, praise it? You know that because when when I when I when I look at the numbers, there was, uh, for instance, Paul Gilbert playing um, for Ibanez, and they had like 240, 250 people listening to him. And I thought, like, for a global event and for a very, very, you know, well-spread event like NAM, you know, every everybody basically in the industry knows what NAM is. It, it was kind of rather low attendance. It was not like super crowded. And if I if I compare that with streams that whenever whenever John Mayer goes live, for instance, yeah. on his Instagram, you've got way more people there. So right. I, I think that kind of ties it, in. Sorry, carry on, Dan. No, 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 please. I think it ties in with what we're going to talk about today in the main topic in that um, consistency, when you try and promote something or you try something like this podcast, for example, um, mm-hmm. we're, we're only in it for the money, of course, but we try and have some fun along the way. <laughs> um, but if we were to do this podcast once and not put it on my channel, which because the channel is another layer of uh, commitment and, and things that I do very often. By just putting a uh-huh. podcast or an album or something out or an, or a digital event, um, a virtual event, people need time to adopt to that event. Uh-huh. And by having a week or three days or five days of online events, I don't think it's enough, especially if they're only going to do it once a year. So John Mayer, uh-huh. for, to, to go back on your example, he posts all the time. And yes, he is uh-huh. a huge artist, but also he's consistently posting. And that's that's the key. So... Maybe when we talk to our, our guest later, and, and like he's just um, starting off with his adventure, I think in the promotional terms, um, it's about consistency and about, consistency and about getting uh, as much exposure, but regular exposure. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. by doing these small weekend events or, or a few days events, I I'm not going to go too far into it because I've got some examples that I'm going to talk about later in the main uh, in the main topic. But uh, yeah, it's. I think it's the case of that. It doesn't matter what you deliver if no one sees it. And I'm going to stop there because I'm. I want to talk to our guest about that. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So there was kind yeah, but- of news, guitar news, but it, there's a lot of gear being released. Dan, um, I think mm-hmm. a lot of gear was released through Nam releases, but also it's nice to see uh, companies spreading out those releases. And there's going to be more to come mm-hmm. in 2021. Um, and some good stuff because you know I, I get to speak to yeah. people that 
for some reason trust me and i know stuff it's good <laughs> there's some good stuff yeah. coming i promise you that and that's all that's only what i know little me um but i do have some gear that i kind of picked this week oh wow so Shall we take a look at andy's pick of the week yeah <laughs> Of the week. I enjoyed that so much. Um, okay, this is a guitar for this young lady. <laughs> I love it. Are you laughing at her guitar or my little piece of music? No, your pick because I was I was checking out uh, that a couple days ago and I was I was thinking like if that's not going to be Andy's pick of the week, I don't know him at all. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. Terribly murder her name is Ariella, and she built her own guitar when she was 16. And that is it on screen if you're watching on the YouTube version. Oh, by the way, hello to everybody at YouTube, and hello to everybody who's listening on the podcast. Uh, Dan probably did that at the beginning. I was I was fiddling around with cables. Um, but yeah, that's her self-bit guitar, which, which looks rather similar to another well-known self-built guitar. If you check out the pickups that are being used and the switching system... That looks very much down to me like a Red Special. Yeah, like a very special version of the Red Special. Very special. <laughs> so what's happened is that Brian May Guitars have um, developed with this artist a a mass-produced or limited edition, but certainly commercially produced version of her guitar. And um, let's just see if I've got it. Oh, this is where, this is where it tells me that I've pressed the wrong button. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh well i did have it and now it's vanished because of, of all my flapping around there it is that is the brian may guitars version of it so it's retained some of the fairly close uh yeah some of the original so we've got the switching system we've got the trisonic pickups we've got the what's probably a two-point tram system on that and i guess a master volume master tone um, then we've got a Brian May guitar's headstock, which of course makes absolute sense because you've got to brand it somehow, <laughs> otherwise it would. But I'm getting um, what guitar for that body? What kind of feeling are you getting? Anything reminiscent? Not at all. No. <laughs> Not even the centerpiece. Not even a, a kind of Firebird kind of vibe. Yeah, sure, sure. It's like a Destroyer Bird kind of thing. A destroyer bird. That's an amazing name for a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'll be honest. I know I've never heard this artist's music. Um, I don't know how much the guitar is. Oh, I do know how much the guitar is going to be. It's going to be around a grand. 899, sort of 799, 899, 999, that kind of price. All right. That's that's pretty much the, the ballpark that uh, most of the uh, Asian-made uh, Brian May guitars are in, right? Yeah. Is it like that price point? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm very intrigued. You know, it's for me, as a massive Queen fan, the Red Special is a huge icon of guitar mm -hmm. playing and for many others. And now for them to to be doing something like this and branching out, I think they're possibly paving a way to do other stuff in the future as well. So that's that's super exciting. Um, yeah, so I, I'd love to have a go on that. I'm, I'm hoping it's, um, it's small. You know, it looks kind of small in the body. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if she built it for herself, it might be a little bit more uh, tailored towards like 
women or you know some Six, people that sixteen that year old girls, smaller. which is yeah, exactly yeah. my uh, <laughs> my Ta- size. Your target group. <laughs> my target group. Yeah. <laughs> it would look I, like I, a ukulele on your body. <laughs> I think I look pretty silly with that, but uh, never mind. Never mind. Um, yeah. So what else have I got? I've got this one coming up. This is. Carmen Vandenberg or Vandenberg, <sighs> depending on, on. Yeah. This is an Lovely. amp from Blackstar called the CV30. And um, that's her sitting on top of the amp. Get your feet off the amp, dear. And there's the amp, <laughs> the front. <laughs> in fact, the cab looks a bit like the cab you are currently situated in, Dan. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of my own Mesa Boogie 2x12. But the the thing about Carmen is that she's a very very uh, I mean at least in Europe rather unknown guitar player but she played with with Jeff Beck on tour and that's why I first uh like saw her playing I think on a Jeff Beck live DVD or something. Yeah. And I was like like okay who's who's a girl playing with with him and uh fantastic performance throughout the whole concert. So that kind of sparked my interest and I really dig what she's doing and I was surprised to see Blackstar releasing that kind of signature amp for her. But um, I like the styles. I, I, I like what I heard. Unfortunately, I mean, to be honest, it was a cool video on, on the Blackstar YouTube channel, but there was, was very little uh, of actual content of the amp where you could hear how it sounds. So sure. a, little bit, a little bit of criticism when it comes to that. So I, I would have liked to hear a little bit more about what the amp is capable of, especially when she's playing because she's a fantastic player. But uh, as far as from, I could tell from the looks and also how she usually sounds, um, very promising amp. So question, are you getting that to review? I don't know. Uh, I've not spoken oh. to Blackstar about it. Uh, it's quite, it's not expensive in the term of boutique amps, the, you know, three and a 3,000 euros, that sort of price, but mm-hmm. it is near a 1,000. Um, but I'd love to see what it does. I'd, I'd love to hear it. Um, uh, looking at the controls on the amp itself, we've got built in EQ. Uh, is that, is that a master volume? Yeah. Master volume, uh, two channel with other, I don't know. It, I just. I think the look is is great, and I I like the the handle, which is odd, is the nice attention to detail. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it kind of is several things like this that when I look at an amp, I have to look for for what kind of quality they're going for. Mm. And when I see that handle, I think okay, if they're giving the handle that much attention, I hope the rest of the amp reflects that. But I'd love to to get that into test. Um, I don't know if it'll happen. If it does happen, Dan, you'll be the first to know. Ooh. And. Uh, people of the youtube channel you'll be the second <laughs> so that's like two channels on that amp yeah and channel one what, channel what, two what kind of what kind of tubes is it like for the power section is it i i didn't actually find out um i mean i did like... but it but it was last week and i've forgotten since all right okay so because that would be a big question is it rather like american tailored to using six sixes or is it more like british style from from what i from what I hear, when she's playing, I would think that she's gravitating more towards that kind of big 6L6 sound, like Lone Star. Yeah. No. Not my my personal preference because I'm using EL34s in the Lone Star, but that's what you know when you hear when you think Lone Star, what init- initially comes to your mind. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, it's a CV30, so I thought it might be sort of Vox inspired. Huh. Um, but I could be totally wrong there. But it looks I'm getting a Fendery kind of feel from it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I love my deluxe reverb. So if it's anything like that, then I'll be uh, very happy testing that one out. No. Um, yeah, but from amps to things that are not amps. In fact, if you were French and you spoke English, you might say it's without an amp. It's the sans <laughs> amp. What a segue. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Love it. Thanks, Love mate. It. Uh, yeah, so Tech 21 are bringing back the classic version of the sans amp, um, which is a very, very interesting move. Dan, your thoughts? <laughs> oh, he's putting me on the spot because I, I, when when he told me about that thing, I was like, "All right, so what's the point?" I mean, that thing existed for ages. Okay, I get it. It's kind of been used for ages, and there's some some iconic tones have been created, but I couldn't care less, really. So tell me about it. What what is so special about it? I can only tell you from my point of view, and that is that uh, Nirvana, Kurt Cobain used it alongside the GT2 version um, for a lot of the sounds uh, on Neutero and I believe live, and maybe even Nevermind, but I'm not sure about Nevermind. Uh, maybe someone in the chat can let me know. But uh, it is certainly uh, interesting because you've got stuff like, uh, I don't know, just rail some off, like Kempers and the stuff from two notes and the stuff from uh ox ox amps from um, uh, universal audio and all mm -hmm. these different modelers even the, the cheaper ones like the more stuff what i like about this one is its simplicity there are no okay. menus there are no sub menus there are no things that might you know confuse someone if it's the same as the classic was which i assume it is it's just all there in front of you. There's no there's no complication. So you've got some dip switches to select the different amps and the different kind of speakers. Um, sorry, the amps is actually a switch on the side. But you've got the, the dip switches on the top to select the settings. Um, and it honestly, it, it, it sounds like the sound in my head a lot. So I don't care if it's any good for other people. I'm going to enjoy that. <laughs> So, so but, do you already own one of the old pedals? No. No, I had a GT2. Um, okay. I have a GT2, but it's somewhere. I think it's still in England. So. Ah. Yeah, right. and now, now due to you know Brexit, I can't get it out of England because it would cost me, you know, more than a flight there and back. Mm. But yeah, I, I'm excited, but mainly for the nostalgic reasons and. And the weird factor, like your reaction was like, why have they re-released that? Cause, <laughs> <laughs> You've got like the Cortex versus the Sansamp. I'll say, there's hmm. a video for you, Dan. There's a video. I expect to see that soon. All right. All right. Cool. <laughs> Looking forward. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. You're welcome. Um, so what's, what's, what's the price point for the Sansamp? I have no idea. I'll pay whatever it costs. Oh, Mr. Big Bucks. Mm -hmm. Mr. Big Bucks. Andy <laughs> Big Bucks. No, I I think it's probably around the 150 range. Oh, that's fairly... Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not cheap for... 179, a pedal that's 200. Retro. I don't know, maybe okay. someone else can... Uh, someone else can let me know in the chat. I'd like to know. If it's, any, if it's above 200, then I have to have a conversation with myself. But I'm hoping... The number 179 is jumping into my head. But that's... All right. Could be anything. Um, not very clued up this week, everybody, because we had a week off. 
<laughs> My brain has got fat. <laughs> but uh, hopefully Dan can rescue us with Dan's Pick of the Week. Dan's Pick of the Week. Dan's Pick of the Week. Awesome. All right. So we're starting reverse order. <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd spice it up a bit. Yeah, I hear. <laughs> so uh, the first pick that I had was the Proco Lil Red. Do you have any experience with the Proco Red? Yes. What's what's your take on it? Do you like it? I mean, it's I, fuzz. I love the Red. Again, <laughs> um, it, it's it's what distortion should sound like to me. Yeah. Um, it's kind of one of the icons of the, the distortion world, and there are so many pedals inspired by and um taking this this formula and even improving on it in some cases but there's something about having a proco and i i have a newish one a rat 2 i have a slightly older rat 2 mm -hmm. and i've just it's in the post right now a 1987 rat from my wow. friend who is selling it to me and has sent it to me before i've even paid for it Ooh, a lot of so, trust uh, Nice. Ah, he, he trusts me. He knows. He knows where I live. <laughs> <laughs> That's always good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have a lot of history with the rat pedal. All right. Yeah, I, I really. I mean, it's one of the iconic tones. Uh, there, there's no question about it. You have like the 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 red tone. You have the the tube screamer sound. I mean, it's one of the the stables. You have to have that tone. But for I was thinking like for a fuzz geek like you are, it, it must be a a must have. Especially because it's taking up so so little uh, space on the on, on the pedal board. Absolutely, Dan. It's it's a real nasty fuzzy distortion, mm -hmm. and you can do. It's only got the filter knob, and you can do so much with that. It's so uh, sensitive to what you're doing. You, you can really make it sound bad or inappropriate. I should say, not bad. Mm. Um, so it's it's quite a weird one to dial in, and some of the rat versions have not been as nice to listen to as other versions that that is true and i don't know if it is the the legendary lm308 chip but it, there are certain versions of rats that don't sound as good as others mm -hmm. i don't know why i don't know why we've got a very rodent centric uh, episode this week with the mouse title and the proco red <laughs> yeah For, regarding the mouse title by the way dan just wanted a mouse in the thumbnail so we had to work around that. <laughs> You know, it's like as an artist, you know, I just go to okay, we have a topic. We need a mouse. Need a and, mouse. Andy, Dan needs a mouse. I need a mouse. I need a mouse. And actually, I was I was sending Andy pictures of very dirty and greasy uh, computer mice. No, no, don't don't show anybody. It was disgusting. The filthiest computer mouse I've ever seen in my life. It gave me. Nope. I got scabies just mine. looking at it. That was mine. This is mine. I mean, that's clean. Okay. I expect your, your mouse to be clean. <laughs> yeah. So, no, but, uh, yeah, yeah tell me, Dan, tell me. I like it. I like it. Well, there's there's not a lot. It's basically the big one, just in a small uh, housing. It's got all the dials. It's got all the functions. That's pretty cool. I think it's also very competitively priced. But again, we're very badly prepared, so I'm, I'm not even sure how much it's going to retail. Um, yeah, retail. It's, it's nice joke. Cool. Re yeah, retail. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I don't know, but it's it's, it's kind of cool that they squeezed like the the key uh, ingredients uh, into that that little this, uh, this this little housing. So that's cool. Yeah. So moving on to number two. 
Let's that's see the one in the middle, have. right? Uh, let's yep. see which one becomes number two because Andy's got them in there. <laughs> Any old older. Is it that oh, one? There you go. Yeah. Get yeah. in. Yeah. Actually, I just I think I read today uh, one headline that uh, the interest in EVH branded uh, instruments have skyrocketed since the passing of of Eddie Van Halen. And actually, there was uh, around the time, like a couple days after he passed away, I think Jack White played a gig at Saturday Night Live or one of those American talk shows where he was actually playing a yeah there we go where he was actually playing that's not that's not the exact picture I think this is the the regular one this is the one yeah where he was playing that guitar and he was also featured on the guitar world cover a, a little bit later and I was really digging that look that blue kind of fit very well with the body and I I, <laughs> I had wished they they went for the the inlays too a little bit like on the Ibanez RG565 don't penalize me. It's fitting. Yeah. Getting my pen. It's, it's, it's... <laughs> one, two. You're on two right now. I, I, I ignored the first one. <laughs> Fairly. Okay. So the new color in the EVH range is called Miami Blue. It looks badass. I think the guitar is pretty nicely specced too. It's got a base wood body with a cortisol maple neck. No roasted maple. Don't know why, but uh, no roasted maple. Got an ebony fretboard, um, 22 jumbo frets. Of course, it's got the detuner on the EVH tram, and um, yeah, I think it, it it clocks in at around eleven hundred bucks. So it's not cheap, but I think you're probably getting a very good instrument for that price. And I, I'm digging the color, so that was I my pick number. So two. hard, so hard. Yeah, I, I I would I would so play that. No, no, and that's, that's I, really, my I really like it. Yeah, I really like that you get so much bang for the buck at the moment. Like I was saying, if if I was in the market for a shreddy guitar, I would, you know, really could narrow it down to a handful of instruments. But with great specs like yeah. the five six five that I was talking about, or the the Jack White uh, inspired EVH. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. But moving so, on, hang on, hang on. Sorry, mm -hmm. before we do move on. Yeah, that's got three pickups. That's yeah. got two. So there's. I know. Which one are you talking about? Is it that one? No, that, that's the Jack White Custom, which I actually would have preferred to see as a regular production oh, model. But really? See, yeah. I mean, not everyone is, is, is playing guitar at Spinal Tap. So I think the majority of people, they can, they can live with only two pickups in their guitar. I'm not interested anymore, EH. Sorry. I'm sorry. Liked, it's not the pickups. It's the block inlays. You know me. <laughs> and also i love how jack white looks pretty much like michael jackson in that picture it's insane how much michael jackson is going on on that photo of jack white <laughs> yeah well, you gotta love him i mean i really like that his transition from playing those old uh jet stream air and, and i don't know those kind of vintage inspired instruments kind of crappy instruments back in the day and now he's moving to that highly specced very shreddy oriented instruments and his sound didn't even change too much. No, that's what's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really a a tool for him. Yeah, this one, the the production one, got a ebony fretboard. The the one that Jack White was playing has got a maple fretboard. So that's one of the biggest differences. I actually would have preferred uh, preferred a maple fretboard because it looks cool if you play it for a couple of years. Yeah, but that's what they are giving us. I'm still digging the Miami blue finish. You yeah. want to move on? <laughs> so, yeah, Sarang is saying the, the FIM 300's got three pickups. You're super right, Sarang. I'll let you have that one, Dan, because I like Thank that you. guitar. 
Yeah. You get a freebie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now moving on to a even uh, lower priced instrument. I think uh, that was like taking uh, taking a little bit of route back to what we discussed with Virtual Lamb. It was interesting to see what has been announced at Virtual Lamb, but it was also even more interesting to see what has not been announced at Virtual Lamb and what has been announced through different channels. And uh, the Epiphone Jared Jen, uh, James Nichols signature guitar, the Gold Glory, was one of the instruments that uh, got introduced by the man himself, Joe mm -hmm. James Nichols, yeah. And uh, I mean, something you really have to, uh, to hold him to is like, he's so enthusiastic. I mean, I've rarely met a guy who's so cheered up and, and you know, so enthused about the instruments and about playing the blues. And he's one of the post Bonamassa blues players who's, who's, who's really young and, and he's on fire and I'm really digging that, that Epiphone is giving him so much love and releasing a second uh, signature instrument. So um, again, it's it's pretty much basically the same the same instrument but with a different uh, finish, with a beautiful gold finish. It comes with a P90 in the bridge position. Uh, luckily they got rid of the um, the the blues power plate <laughs> behind the bridge because that looked a little bit ridiculous from my point of view but I'm really digging that uh, that look because gold tops they're always gorgeous how do you like it? firstly I like yeah. the, the the little badge that was on there I don't know why Sorry. I did <laughs> oh, we don't have to always agree we just have to write it down and discuss it later off air there we go Dan is a there we are uh, <laughs> Um, I do like gold tops. I don't gen generally like Epiphone gold tops. Okay. Because we've got two pictures on screen right now, and one on on the left of the screen is like sparkly goldy gold top. One on the mm -hmm. right is more soft, smooth, with definitely like a deeper bowl. So mm -hmm. those are two different guitars. Yep. And the one on the right looks, for me, awesome. The one on the left, for me, looks a little cheap. Mm -hmm. In comparison, yep, I agree. I agree. So, the one on the right has some deep curves. It's it's quite sexy, and it has this wonderful gold, uh, like a like a matte kind of gold. And the one on the left is super sparkly, and, and it's not my favorite look for gold tops. Mm -hmm. All right, it's, it's, it's like a greeny to a gold. You know what I mean? It's, it's a green <laughs> tinge to it. Yeah, yeah. I've got a gold top behind me. Um, from prestige guitars, sorry, from prestige guitars, and that's somewhere in the middle of those two, but more on on the classy side. But that's just my personal preference. What do I know? <laughs> um, yeah. So, did you did you ever try the the original one, the old glory, the black one? Mm -hmm. Yes, I did. How did you like? Uh, I tried three, and I felt the build quality was a little bit off on all three. And that's interesting because I think we talked about it a little bit earlier that I, I talked to quite a few people because I was so interested in seeing how that guitar got released. And I was checking, you know, if the old, like the original run, if, if that is already sold out or still available. And actually there are quite a few dealers that still have the, the old glory, the black one available. And there was some some very critical feedback from people that telling me that the build quality, like you said, for some of them were was spot on. And for some of them, it was horrible. So, uh, so I don't know if you're interested in the golden one, the gold glory, you might be better off like trying a couple in, in mm -hmm. the music store once they are reopened again. Because I think the guitar will be available around April, 
for approximately 700 bucks, um, which is an okay price. But it's also a very, very reduced guitar. It's not a lot of uh, belts and whistles expect, uh, except for the, for the finish. So with only one pickup in the bridge position, wraparound bridge, it's, it's a very, very reduced guitar. So, yeah. Well, Guillaume, Guillaume bought the, 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 the black one. And was he, was he happy with that? Yes. Okay, cool. So he got but lucky. Also, Guillaume, Guillaume gets to slightly choose one of about five. So. <laughs> well, if you work at a big, a big music store, then you're probably better off than others. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, I guess, Dan. Yeah. I guess we should move on. And sure. stop talking stop talking about guitars. Who wants to who wants to talk about guitars on this podcast? Nah. No. Not us. Not us. Not us. Um all right. Uh we have a guest. I don't know whether to do the sponsorship first or the guest. What do you want to do, Dan? Let's do the sponsorship first. Okay. I'm just making sure that he's still awake on Skype and um is mute. There he is, he's still awake. Okay. Well we're gonna come to you in a moment and uh, we're just gonna do our sponsorship. So uh this is our sponsorship. Uh, it is Amplitude 5. They were just going to sponsor us for January, but we didn't make it last week, so they got a, another week in February. And um, Amplitude 5 is, of course, a guitar software plugin. Dan, have you been trying it recently? Yes. Uh, with your iRig. Yeah, with my iRig. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I told you. I've, I've, I have. That stuff like is, is cluttered all around the place, and since I'm about to move, I wasn't able to even find my like the, the bigger device. But I tried it with the iRig, and I, I found it was pretty fun to kind of just uh, you know try out those different sounds, and it was fairly easy, and you could get a very decent tone even within a couple of minutes. So um, I liked that a lot. And actually, my my little daughter, she had the headphones on and tried a couple tones too, and she's four years old, so it's super easy, and I really liked that uh, that she was enjoying it too. I think our guest tonight is also a fan of Amplitude, just looking at the Skype screen. Give us a nod or, or a shake of the head. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Maybe we can talk about that. Uh, our chat's just been invaded by 60 Cycle Hum, by the way. So uh, just wait for the, that, them to get bored and you know they'll, they'll leave us alone in a minute. But we have some <laughs> uh, stuff to give away. Yeah. And we received a couple memes. Yeah. So last and, and week, Dan set a challenge um, to create some memes based on the podcast or us or Amplitude or, or something in that vein. And we had two Amplitude serial keys to give away. Yep. And um, I don't know who. So they got sent to Dan and I don't know who the senders are. So I get to choose and we have two or three, Dan. We have three finalists. Three finalists. The best one. We had, we had a couple lackluster and a couple that were much, much better. So we, we narrowed it down to the three like funniest. Okay, so maybe the people in the chat could actually help me do this rather than make me the evil one. Because by having two winners out of three people, we just get one loser, which is horrid. Um, so uh, I'll bring up the first meme and you can all see it. This is a very young Daniel son. Uh, holding a some kind of guitar, I don't know what it is. We don't need to talk about the brand. And it says, "Today I start my career as a violinist," because he's holding it over his shoulder. Yeah, I, 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 have you ever been memed before, Dan? Yeah, a couple times, but that was uh, that was pretty a mean meme. 
Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I like it. I like it a lot. Actually, uh, you said I look like a young Dan. I think that that image is not older than 12 months. 12 months, yeah. So what I'm really saying is you got old, man. Quick. <laughs> it's all too, due to Corona. Staying at home all day. <laughs> Mate, the, the gray hairs in this fro, I'm going to be like Brian May soon. Yeah, <laughs> and only because of the hair, no other reason. But um, yeah, you 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 you're doing some smell the fart acting there. That's pretty good, and uh, I quite like that one. I'm going to show the next one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to read that one out, Dan? Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't play with the electric outlet. They said you can get hurt, <laughs> and then you see Andy. And it says, but I want to rock and have a cool throw. I like that. I like that a lot. So you see a, ch a boy like uh, playing around at the electric outlet, and then you see Andy with his throw in perfect condition. Yeah. I'm actually wearing nice the same name. shirt right now. It's quite a nice shirt. That I wear that often. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a good meme. I like that. There's, there's thought gone into it. I'm in it. So, of course, I like it. <laughs> But but I want to know. That's probably a. St I hope that's a stock photo. I hope there's no one got their child to you know just sort of. Can you do this for me, uh, Sammy, and and sit over there? What is that stock photo for? Is it? You know what I mean? Like, why does that photo yeah, yeah, exist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good question. Maybe uh, I don't know. And where's that young lad's slippers? Fall over <laughs> wearing his socks around the house like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question why would you need a stock photo like this yeah i don't know maybe it's part of a comic that tells you what happens if you play around with the power outlet and there's there's the result down there you uh... there's the result yeah there you go so that's a very good meme i like that one uh and our third and final meme <laughs> <laughs> i like that too yeah <laughs> So it's a screenshot of the podcast, and it says, praying that Dan doesn't talk about Ibanez. Oh, damn it. I said it. One more. I know I do this with my hands a lot. Uh, it's it's my yeah. thinking thinking thing. Yeah. Um, it looks like you are praying to God. Please, God. Please. <laughs> I have to say, I, like, I, I don't know, or more importantly, I've forgotten who made these memes. And I have to say, if I get a pick, whoever made this one wins a copy of Amplitude because I think that's funny as heck and so on point <laughs> uh, with the podcast. So for me, that's my vote. Yeah, maybe maybe the guys in the chat can give us a little bit of a hint what, what they prefer. So we got one was uh, the Dan and the violin, but it actually the violin was the other way around. The yeah, second one, one, yeah. Yeah, my career as a violinist. Then the second one was Andy and the electric outlet. And the third one was Andy praying to God that I'm not talking about Ibanez again, like I usually do. So please give us a little bit of a hint what you prefer. One, two, or three. So what do you see? Three. Uh, there got... are a lot of votes already for number three. Two and three. I prefer the first one, two and three. 
What else? What else? What else? Two and three. The second two. Two and three. So we, Ryan right, is Andy, here, if, if and he likes the one? third one. Oh, I'm picking the third one. That's done for me. I'm making okay, that right. executive decision that number three is winning an amplitude code. Dan, who sent us number three, please? Uh, let me quickly check. <laughs> we <think>. don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, no, 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 no. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. I mean, number two and number three, those were from uh, Valeria and Sarang. So who did number three? And number one was... Uh, the, the, I'm, I'm going to check that right now. So let me quickly check which... I mean, it's been two weeks, so... Uh, yeah, you've, been, you've done some work in is, that time as well. Well, yeah, most yeah. importantly, so, uh, 60 Sakuhama is voting Valeria. for three. Is that Valeria is number three? No, Valeria is number two. And okay. Sarang is number three. Sarang, you win yourself a copy of Amplitude 5. I forgot the number then. Amplitude 5 is going to be winging its way to you. You need to message me your email address, and I will get that all sorted for you. So I'm, I'm, I'm making notes, Dan, now from now on, because I hear that's what other guitar podcasts do. No way. Yeah. No way. And I've written his name down, Sarang, and then I'll write some kind of code that I won't be able to read tomorrow to keep me guessing. And let's see what other people... Uh, Sarang, congratulations. We're getting mostly votes for number two. All right. So I'm going to so call it number two, number two would be Valeria. There you go. Valeria, congratulations. You've won yourself a copy of Amplitude 5. Dan will send it via the post with your hoodie to Chile, and it will be with you in about six years. <laughs> when there's probably Amplitude 11. <laughs> so Valeria, if you could also do, do be so kind as to message me uh, with your email address, I will um, I will get that sorted out for you in about oh let's let's say 27 hours just to be precise. So here are two winners. We've got that one, which is really funny, um, and that one. Uh, and um, commiserations to who who made number one? That was Rick. The guy from the Lego podcast. Rick. Rick, I love you. You've just started playing guitar. It's a good motivation to, to even play more guitar and more importantly, create more memes because that's what real guitar players do. Yeah. All right. Yeah, And please don't hold the guitar like I did in the picture. <laughs> yeah, that's an educational <laughs> shot. I would like to give our guest a sort of 30-second warning just to make sure that the hair is done and uh, everything's brushed and, and you know... Um, yep. So our topic of the week, Dan, is talking about how to be heard as an independent musician. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think it's very easy. And our guest is about to release, about to release, just remind me, about to release, not released yet. Um, first record or first big one that I know that he's been working on for a while. So I'm giving him a massive build up here. I don't know why I'm doing it. But um, I'm going to give him a guest pre-roll as well. So uh, let's bring on the... Here he is. Hello, Moog. Hi. How are you doing? Hello, Andy. Hi, Dan. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Hi, I'm fine good and dandy. Um, everybody, this is Moog, better known as the, uh, the Artist Project. Can we call it that? Yeah, I think so. Seeing as it's only me, so... 
Uh, Rapscallion is the name you go by, which is a kick-ass name. Do you want to tell us about the music you make and, and the band that you have? Okay. Um, yeah, so the the music I make, I, I call chap rock. It's, um, it's, it's sort of very classic rock, glam, metal, kind of um, along those lines, bit of heavy metal. You know, it's, it's that ballpark. But the the sort of the one sort of uh, standout thing about it is that I I write all the songs lyrically from um, kind of a sort of pseudo Victorian point of view. It's all very <laughs> it's it's very sort of um, chappish um, and uh, just it's there's a lot of humour in the lyrics. It's very self aware and funny. Uh, but the music is is just dead serious played for the love of rock music sure. just for our because um, we're in 33 countries what is a chap because okay so chap is very sort of it's like a british english i guess really gentleman um kind of ah crikey how to explain it for someone who doesn't know that's that's an interesting thing i haven't approached that yet so i should probably get my here we go come on one. it's your test um so yeah, it's it's very uh, that very sort of atypical English gentleman kind of vibe that's probably very out of date now, um, but so out of date it's come back round and and a lot of people dress in tweed, um, you know, wear a hat, um, be polite to each other, um, and all that kind of fun stuff, um, and it's it's most often done with very firm tongue in cheek sort of poking fun at the whole sort of ridiculousness of the british superiority of the last century all right so uh yeah i don't know if that makes it sound appealing at all it probably makes it sound horrific but um <laughs> but um yeah there's it's quite um there's quite a lot it's sort of, it borders slightly on sort of a steampunk kind of vibe um which might be a bit more sort of understandable or accessible lots lots more familiar at least i reckon around the world um in in the terms that it's sort of a very old sort of point of view but brought up to date and spun in a very sort of modern way Mm -hmm. so yeah and and the band itself well uh the production of the whole album was was pretty much just me um had a bunch of friends doing some backing vocals but um yeah the, the actual project was just something i've recorded at home um i have over the last couple of years been building a a live band and some really good friends of mine have got an excellent drummer an excellent bass player um called uh, john and dan that's two separate people not one person called john and dan that would be weird um <laughs> who um we've uh, we've done a lot of stuff before we did um uh, a live stage musical of hedwig and the angry inch uh, a number of years ago um and that was where i met, met those guys and so we've kind of you know been friends ever since and when this project was coming up they were quite keen to sort of jump on board so we've done a bunch of rehearsals um and then we're just getting to the point when we were sort of due to sort of really start getting it together and play out live this year. And then, of course, oh, sorry, last year. And of course, everything went wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so you know the plan is to get back in the studio as soon as we can and, and get the band up and running but you know that's that's future things right. for our audience is there is there any band that you could compare it to like uh, any kind of role models or stylistic um, yeah, models yeah i mean it's it's not sort of real classic rock vibe so you're not going to be a million miles out of the ballpark if you think of bands like um queen like the darkness all uh, right a little bit of acdc thrown in there um you know it's if if you imagine all the influences that influence the darkness they're probably my influences too including mm -hmm. the darkness so uh yeah just straight down the line classic rock good melodies mm -hmm. um classic guitar solos soaring guitar solos <laughs> yes! and ridiculous <laughs> ridiculous triumphant harmonies all over the shop all right cool so, so just a, as a from a geek perspective before you go into the the promotional side of things what was your main rig for recording the album did you have like a couple of go-to instruments and amps um or just simply tube <laughs> well here's the thing um I've been working on this project so long. Um, the first track I started recording, I think it's probably just about uh, six and a half years ago now. Um, and yeah, and I was building it slowly. And then uh, about two, about two years into it, I, um, yeah, I had a real surge of energy. I was like, right, okay, I'm going to finish this. And then um, I had a daughter, so <laughs> all my spare time. Thank you. Uh, that was four years ago, uh, nearly five actually yeah. now. But then, so all my free time, of course, as you will well know, absolutely disappeared. And then only in the last sort of year or so, I was starting to get back and managed to finish off the album last year. Um, but as for recording, I all that that was a precursor too. When I started, um, I my I was using Amplitude three. Um, which I was really keen on. It was the first time um, that I heard something software-based that really made me go, okay, this is good. This is really good. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I recorded maybe four tracks using Amplitude. Then the massive break happened. Um, and then in that time, I actually ended up um, falling in love with the Helix. So uh right yeah uh, and I, the reason i got the helix it came at ex exactly the right perfect time because with a new baby in the house there was no way i could play i've got a <laughs> i've got a i've got a, a marshall jcm uh 2000 ts <laughs> two down there um <laughs> so you know that ain't gonna happen <laughs> yeah yeah I um, so yeah so i i, I my last big expense before my door was born on, on my own was uh, I treat myself to a Helix and it saved my guitar playing. Um, so, I mean, eventually, as, as much as I do love Amplitude and I think it's wonderful, I did end up re-recording everything with the Helix sound. Oh, wow. um, right. That's a brave decision. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, yeah, I, I, I don't really know. I didn't, it wasn't really a conscious thing. It was, I just, I think I just kept sort of, I think because I, I guess my recording technique had improved over that time as well. So there are certain things I just, I didn't feel quite up to what I wanted the rest of the album to be. So 
there were i think there might actually be one or two amplitude tracks left in there somewhere um but most of it was re-recorded all right okay you don't have to please the sponsor it's absolutely fine i'd rather you were <laughs> rather you were honest um but it just made me realize that i've known you for that long because i remember you frantically trying to sell gear i think to fund the the helix have i misremembered that well yeah my helix was was uh nearly five years ago yeah and i was i did sell a few bits so yeah, yeah I, I guess we must have known each other that okay. long that's crazy well that that's kind of one and of the reasons i invited you today exactly that's that's why you're here today really is because um i've been invested in this project because i've known about it for so long um and i feel <laughs> emotionally attached to it but also uh, as I mentioned earlier on the podcast today, that you posted on social media that um, does anyone know how to promote an album these days or something along those kind of those lines? And um, we're here so we can meet you, but also to maybe try and help you out. And, and the people in the chat are wonderful people and um, also, dare I say, quite intelligent people. So and risk takers. So they might just throw some stuff out there that's, that's rubbish, you know, but they're there for taking a risk. Um, mm -hmm. People are very interested in your gear, I must say, Moog. They've noticed the the Brian May red special behind you. And there's a guessing game going on about the SG that's on your other shoulder. <gasps> oh, yeah. And I some, haven't even someone's guessed yeah, you've, that guitar yet. But, is this uh, the unofficial release? It might, yeah, yeah, you can have that one. Thanks, mate. Dan, do you recognize that SG over Moog's right shoulder? Shall I, shall I bring it closer? Mm. Yeah, please. It? Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, I want to. I want to see you yet, untangle those lights. <laughs> oh. I guess you can't tell. W S. That's now, of course, I can't hear you. So no, of on. course, there you go. So Hello. there you go. That's. It is. It is indeed my own custom recreation of Bill S. Preston's future SG from the end of Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, <laughs> which is all painted up and it just needs to be finely polished and then I can rebuild it and actually play the thing. So, yeah, there you go. It looks great, gonna, man. Thank you. I'm just going to pop it back then. I can hear you again. One sec. Yeah, sure. Do you, Andy, do you know what, what was like... Uh, what was that like the original instrument was that an epiphone was that a, a frank frankenstein parts caster or you mean the one for the movie or the one that moog's doing no no the the, the no the one that moog's doing yeah i i believe it's an epiphone is that right moog no it's actually a, a vintage ah oh, the right, vs6 okay. yeah i beg your pardon sorry um yeah, right. they, they they also had the fool that was a great great uh, guitar like with cool painting already from factory that was pretty nice so um recreation of clapton a few people in the uh in the chat did actually guess where it was from because i did post in the chat and a lot of people are very excited about the guitar so um here's gonna come my first tip on how to promote your music play that guitar because uh i'm guessing that we're all the three of us are roughly the same age kind of and we'd get the same sort of pop quiz and pop culture references i think your music very much appeals to me because you very politely sent an advanced copy to dan and i and it is very acdc darkness queen so it's right in my wheelhouse as well 
And I think by doing these kind of slightly weird, like not super mainstream uh, pop culture references, people see you playing that guitar or indeed the Red Special, they'll they'll know what you're doing. If you're going to play another Telly or a Les Paul or something, I think your music really does stand out um, on its own. You know, it certainly is one side of the middle. It's not mainstream, mainstream. And I think that's yeah. great because finding... Finding a niche for some for some bands is, is difficult and therefore finding listeners. But your music will mm. um dare I say either attract people or disgust them from, from the from the moment they hear it. <laughs> <laughs> which is good. Which is good. You've got to exactly, polarize. Exactly. Exactly. I know which I can guess is gonna yeah. be more frequent. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I but, mean but Andy uh, Andy's super right because that, that image like gear can can kind of convey such a, such an image immediately even before you played a single note and i think that sg tells the audience immediately all right you're you're getting rock and roll tonight guys uh, <laughs> ah. <yeah>. so, ah. <laughs> you see what i did there right <laughs> thank you very much yeah. Play. um yeah it's, it's interesting actually i've um my my main guitar is um it's a, a les paul oh. um it's a it's a 2012 uh, pro tribute, so it looks like a standard, but is in fact a tribute. Um, but it's uh, it's a nice sort of very nice. It's a what's the what is it? It's a not a desert burst, crikey! Uh, tobacco no, burst, remember. isn't it? Tobacco burst. Thank you. Yes. Um, so it's it's got that nice sort of just sort of brown look that I was going for. I was actually almost going to get. Um, one of those really nice, just plain wood studios that were out a few years ago, I think about 2016. Because um, I love those. I think they look phenomenal. But then they, the one they released afterwards was um, was the lacquered version. I didn't like that quite so much. Mm. But, um, but yes, I mean, that is my main guitar. But I think, um, I think yeah, I'll probably, when I rebuild the, the SG there, I'll... I'll I'll, it's only just got the stock pickups uh, that are sitting around, but I might um, I might grab another set of something to pop in there to to give it a little bit of beef. Yeah, do it. I might get so you know I've I, I've got um I've actually got an Epiphone Les Paul kicking around somewhere, which is which has got uh, a JB in the bridge and a and a Jazz in the neck, which is a beautiful combination. So That's that a might great work, Les Paul combination. Yeah. Rip those out and throw them in there straight away. Mm-hmm. Mook, some people are asking, and this <laughs> should have been our first thing, really, was where can they hear music that you're speaking of? Because some people ah. are very interested in hearing it. <clears throat> okay, that's nice to know. Hello, everyone who's interested in listening to the music. Um, well, the first single is actually uh, releasing this Friday. Um, so um, there's a few places that you'll be able to hear that. I mean, it's going to be, um, if you look for Rapscallion on Spotify, Spotify, um, Apple Music, all the usual places, it's going to be there. Um, Facebook is a good place to jump, and, you know, I'll be posting all about it on there. Uh, and it, that, if you look for, if you just look for Rapscallion, you'll probably find it. But the official search term is the band Rapscallion, because there are several other Rapscallions, annoyingly. Um, but if you pop over there, then the um, the video will be going up first thing Friday, uh, so that will be the first single coming out. And then if you, yeah, so the best thing to do, I reckon, is jump on Facebook and then 
I'll link everywhere from there. So come and come and see me there. Say hello. What is the name of the album, Mook? The name of the album is Maximum Splendid. I love it. Thank you. So terribly um, English. Terribly English. <laughs> this is the whole point. Yes. Yeah. You've um, nailed the that. the first single. Yeah, the first single is uh, is going to be called <clears throat> Brackets. You're bloody well getting close brackets. Rock and roll brackets tonight. Close brackets. <laughs> I love ridiculous amounts of brackets in titles. I think it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's so beautifully complicated. I love it. <laughs> it's so beautifully complicated that um, all of the online streaming platforms forced me to use two different types of brackets. <laughs> yeah. You're also on, Insta on Instagram because there's a question. It's uh, Repscallion, the band. Yes, this is a really annoying thing. I haven't been able to unify all of the Twitter the facebook and the um instagram uh, that is yeah a really that's, a, that's a big point i mean uh if people are having a hard time finding you especially with a name that's been taken several times uh having that kind of uniform mm. name would definitely help to to make it easier for people to spot you yeah it's true yeah i don't know if that's something you can sort of change retroactively but um but it happened yeah. to Robbie Williams, so you know it happens to the best of us. Yeah. Some some other guy, some other Robbie Williams had RobbieWilliams.com, and there, I remember there being a, a quite a battle. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So uh, yeah, no, know, that wouldn't do too good. Don't know who these other fake rap scallions are, but come on. I know it's outrageous. I know there is a uh, a hip hop person called Rap Scallion. It's annoying because I when I when I decided to land on Rapscallion sort of seven, eight years ago or whatever it was. Um, there was one other band who were somewhere in Eastern Europe and they played some strange sort of circus-inspired music. Um, and I actually wrote to them and said, listen, I, this is the name I want to use. Um, you don't look like you've been doing much lately. And they were like, yeah, it's fine. You can take the name. We don't use it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I actually went to start setting things up, it's like, oh, yeah, everyone's got it. <laughs> but by that time, I was just—I had my heels dug in too much, and I refused. I wasn't going to change it. I did actually yeah. think about officially calling it the band Rapscallion or Rapscallion Are Splendid or something like that. But um, yeah, so there you go. Now that's lesson one: do your research. But yep. you have—I um, can't say nailed because there's obviously room for improvement. There always is. But you're on the certain right track for your branding. You know your your songs, the fact that it's chap rock, the titles, um, the look of the album. You know the album cover, uh, the fonts, and all the logo stuff. It all fits well <laughs> in. And so many artists and musicians don't know how to do that. How to you know? It's, there's so much out there right now to grab people's attention. When you're bringing a new brand, and a band is a brand, into someone's eyes and ears, you have to give that first impression. They have to know pretty much what you are by that split second of looking at you. Mm, and yep. I think you're doing a great job of that so far. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's quite important to me, actually, to get that sort of aesthetic across. Um, and that's actually something I've been developing for a, quite a number of years. I mean, I've actually been making music videos for other people for over 10 years. Um, or at least I was until I had a child and a real job. Um, 
But um, yeah, so I mean, I, I've actually there's a there's a chap called Professor Elemental who does very similar sort of things, but with hip hop. It's that, and and he's a very good friend of mine. I met him randomly through an old show he did about thirteen or fourteen years ago, um, and just went up to him and said, "Do you want do you want to have a music video made?" And he said, uh-huh. "Yes." Um, so yeah, we've been developing this sort of visual style for quite a long time. So I've been mm-hmm. You know, I've taken a lot of elements of things I learned from doing all that stuff. And that was very much in the steampunk world. And, um, you know, it's always been an aesthetic I've loved anyway. Is that sort of mm-hmm. slightly creepy, very old sort of Tim Burton-y old mansions falling down type vibe. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, it's all kind of everything's all funneled right up to this this point, actually. I think you um, you supported <coughs> Professor Elemental at a show, if I remember rightly. I remember seeing a video of you playing through the Helix and playing on the world's <coughs> smallest stage. Excuse me. Uh-huh. Um, the stage, was, yes, I think, indeed. was the bottom step of a staircase. It was. It was the bottom step of a staircase. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've actually played with him in the last, or the year before last, when it was when it was you know still there was an outside to go to. Um, so the, those last couple of years, I, I've played. I must have played fifteen or twenty shows, uh, and lots of them were with Professor Elemental. And I was doing actually, it's interesting. Um, but I was doing that using backing tracks because there was, you know, I didn't have a band set up. I never intended. My my whole plan was to finish the album, and then release it, then build a band, then play some live stuff. I was going to do everything backwards. Um, in fact, I, the first thing I was going to do was release the album, and I got talked out of that, which maybe we'll something we'll come back to in a minute about releasing singles. But um, uh, yes, so playing with backing tracks, which was essentially slightly custom versions of the, the tracks I was using to record, stripping out some of the guitar parts, stripping out the vocal, and just playing live guitar and singing along with them. But um, yeah, so it's quite good. I mean, I have got quite an, an in with a lot of his fans and he's got a lot of fans so i'm hoping that that's something that can sort of follow through but that show you mentioned was was brilliant it was um it's a, a little pub called the yellow book in brighton who are wonderful um they're basically just really really cool people they love the same things that i love um but yeah, their their sound system is is practically non-existent, and their stage is literally <laughs> the bottom stair. <laughs> but it's fun, you know. It's like it's it's you get up there and you play, and if you're lucky, the crowd crowd digs it, which mostly they have for me um, in those situations. And it's just you know, it's it's just a way to get out and play. You know, it's mm-hmm. not it. And I never actually intended for that to happen, but I kind of got cajoled into it just one time by Professor Elemental. And he was like, well, why don't you come and, you know, just sort of play some songs before I go on? Um, and we had that whole back and forth. It was like, well, it's a rock band. I can't do it with backing tracks. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, I do it. And it's like, well, you're a hip hop artist. That's what every hip hop artist does. Uh, so eventually he wore me down and I thought, OK, well, if I, I'll see it. I'll give it a go. And I did it once and it went down really, really well. Um, and then basically every gig through that has been either Professor Elemental getting me back there or someone who was there telling someone and then them booking me. So it's all word of mouth through the live mm-hmm. scene. And, and through that, I was actually in uh, 2019, 
got to do quite a lot of steampunk festivals. So I was performing <clears throat> this stupid little one man show with backing tracks, playing it like it was arena rock to, uh, <laughs> to, to steampunk sort of all around the south of England. With a helix. Um, <laughs> with a helix. With a helix and an iPod. It's, uh, and that was it. That was, that was my setup, really. Brilliant. <laughs> but um, yeah. So, Moog, I'm interested to know when you posted about how do I promote this album or what do people recommend, what kind mm. of answers did you get and have any helped so that we can help other people listen to this podcast? And, yeah, go for it. Um, well, it's, I mean, it is a difficult one because, I mean, the, the actual, this, I think the specific question I asked was, does it matter what day you release music on uh, um, yes. anymore? Yes. Um, and so that's a probably quite a good place to start. Um, the answer I think that I got personally was 50-50 split between no, it doesn't matter anymore, um, and Friday. So, <laughs> <it's>... <laughs> <clears throat> so you know, take your pick, really. It's, um, I think the no, it doesn't matters were, were very much... Um, let me think. It was it was uh, it was it was people who were very much subscribed to the fact that if it's not going to be music that you expect or want to chart in any way, then it makes no difference whatsoever. You can release it when you like. Um, you might want to look at trends of when people are online more or what have you. Um, but the traditional music release launch day is now Friday. So that's when everything gets um, released. So that's what I went for. I thought, well, I'm gonna, I, I, you know, I'm, I like the traditional. It's like I, even though I know I probably will never get to that point of having a full-time music career, I like the structure of that. Friday is the release date. This is the release date that all music's released. Um, however, one thing I recommend not doing which is something that I appear to have done, is releasing your first single on the day that the Foo Fighters released their new album, <laughs> which uh, I, <laughs> I discovered uh, days after putting everything in place to launch on the 5th <laughs> of February. <laughs> Even though I'm a massive Foo Fighters fan and you know pre-ordered this album months ago and have been looking forward to it, I completely forgot that that was going to be there so you know i feel really really bad that i'm going to take so much traffic away from the foo fighters but you know <laughs> it's not fair what are you doing to one of my favorite bands it can't be helped Andy. I'm when so we sorry. have when we have dave on next week he's going to be very annoyed like, yeah. that goddamn brit man that moog guy that moog guy <laughs> this chap <laughs> I just want to say quickly, I, I can't keep up with watching what's going on in the live chat. So I don't know if anyone's been saying anything that I, that I should have responded to. Um, uh, so if you we've do been see doing it, our yeah. job, don't worry too much. Um, you've got a, at least one more follower on Instagram, so that will help. So was, thank you. That, that was worth Hello. it. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, just general questions. People are excited to hear the music, um, which is really good news. And people that are on the fence about listening to it or not. Jump over that fence. Listen to it. Yeah, listen to yeah. it. It's just not going to hurt you. So one, one, one question. If you're playing live, do you have like a specific steampunk attire? Like some kind of uh, stage outfit that you're pulling out whenever you play live? I've, I've, I mean, yeah, I've, I've got a few bits that work um, 
generally i mean i've as i've been in that sort of world for a while so i do have a bit of steampunk clothing but generally it's um it's uh, a pair of brown pinstripe trousers with a brown waistcoat um uh-huh. and some kind of shirt and usually uh it's leopard print chelsea boots very important nice um but then to bring the rock in i usually have sort of leather zach wild wrist cuffs and bangles and <laughs> black nails um eye makeup uh, every now and then i'll put on a big rock wig just for being stupid um but yeah so i sort of i, I try and sort of cross that bridge of having a little bit of everything in uh-huh. what i do um and i'm actually i'm i'm just trying to work out a new stage outfit for when we go back out into the world as well which mm-hmm. is going to be even more custom um i've got pairs of like sort of i i got a suit made which was um a crushed maroon a velvet crushed maroon suit which i've worn a couple of times as well with flares flare trousers that's the important bit mm-hmm. um but yeah the new the new outfit's going to be something slightly different and slightly more stagey hopefully mm-hmm. um but yeah, but then I've also got stuff like I've got a I've got a cape that I wear sometimes, which is good fun. Um, <laughs> don't we all? Come on, don't we've all got one of those? My hat, of course, is my absolute my staple piece. There you go. There's my hat. There you go. That's, that's pretty my, steampunky. Um, yeah. There you go. That that's every show, right yeah, there. That's cool. So that's the thing. Um, but yeah, that hat. That hat just screams dress for the job you want. <laughs> no, the, job, the, the job you have. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, nice. Excellent. Yeah. We've got uh, yeah. some suggestions from Pooh Ninja in the chat. He's suggesting <laughs> LEDs in the costume. <laughs> LEDs. Yeah, lights in in. Oh, LEDs. Sorry, I was. Th- I thought we were talking about a person called LED. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Which, it's uh, it's my like, hmm. slightly European <laughs> pronunciation. Al- Al- yeah, LEDs. Way too long, sir. <laughs> LEDs, yeah. Actually, that's really interesting. I, I, I would like to do some some stuff on my guitar strap, actually, because um, right. you can get the um, the sort of uh, what's it called fiber, fiber optics up stuff. Fiber optics, thank you. Um, so I want to do some stuff that's up on up on my guitar strap, which is um, as if it's like sort of energy coursing up the up the guitar strap. So that's a very good call. LEDs, I like that. Thank you, Mister. Poo Ninja or Miss Poo Ninja. I shouldn't assume anything. Uh, this is Mr. Miss Miss Poo Ninja's not watching at the moment. She's ah. uh, probably off hoovering the moon or something. And how is the good Mrs. Poo Ninja? <laughs> 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 oh, I've just noticed that Rise of the Ziggurats around as well. And uh, yeah, he's been Rise of the Ziggurats been pushing oh. you and giving you all the details to your Instagram and all that. So you. Oh, thanks, old Bean. You owe them a cup of tea. Definitely, definitely. Also recommend going to listen to Rise of the Ziggurat music as well, which is fantastic. There you go, little sideline, little plug for you there. <laughs> Where are you releasing this music, and how have you done it? And follow-up question: How did you how did you decide on that method of release? Uh, so, I want to do physical release. Um, I want to do vinyl specifically. Um, being the age I am, it's something I love. Um, however, first things first, let's just get some music out there. So I did toy with the idea of releasing an album 
just a piece of vinyl first and that would be the only way that people could get it because it seemed really it's the thing i want to hold in my hands i want to just have my music on vinyl but i i slowly realized over the last year that that was ridiculous Um, (laughs) the amount of people that would actually get my music pretty much before even hearing it was going to be my dad and possibly rise of the ziggurat but um (laughs) (laughs) so i thought you know it's got to be digital i mean it's ridiculous to do anything else um so i thought about just doing Bandcamp, but then that also can be limiting um so i thought well i'm gonna if i'm gonna do it let's go the whole hog so i've signed up with distro kid um and uh that was that was a, a tough move because I, Spotify. I mean, obviously, you know, the thing to do is get it on Spotify, get it out on Spotify. Um, because if you can get on a decent playlist or something like that, then you know that's going to really, really help um, push it to new people. I'm a little bit torn, even though I am a Spotify user. I've you know pay for my Spotify account. I, I, I struggle with Spotify and I struggle with all of those streaming services um, just because of the ridiculous amount that they pay their artists. And I don't even mean that from my point of view. I don't ever expect to make enough that it's going to matter one way or the other to me particularly. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I have, I have dreams of somehow winning the lottery and creating a fair music streaming service. But, but anyway, but you know, all those, um, misgivings aside i thought the only way really that makes sense to do it at the moment is to put the music out where people can just get at it uh so they can hear it and then maybe if they hear it then maybe they'll you know come back for more um i am also releasing on Bandcamp, which will have the option to purchase if you you know if anyone wants to um and so that if but if that happens that's just going to be a nice sort of bonus that comes out of it. it's it's something uh, you know that may uh may or may not happen so do um if if someone purchases it from Bandcamp, do they get anything extra are they support they're supporting you of course which is um very valid mm. but have you thought about giving maybe one of the demo tracks as a, as a download or, mm. or a, do you know what i haven't um, thought about that but that's not a bad idea putting an exclusive track up there hmm yeah yeah i'll do that thank you uh, i will i'm having that you're welcome that's that's yours oh hello <laughs> uh yeah it's, it's, i really see these are one of the things i wanted to talk about was Bandcamp and distro kids mm-hmm. so it's very interesting to me that you're using both those um mediums for me Bandcamp and distro kid are very totally different ways of releasing music which it seems you agree because mm-hmm. you've chosen to go with both um so distro kid is um it's kind of sponsoring this episode as well kind of in the sense that there's uh going to be a promo code where people can get distro kids slightly cheaper yeah now you um, tell me sorry dude but uh i released an album in or an ep i should say in 2013 and i did that with distro kid when they first came came on the scene and it was super easy um and mm. back in those days, there was things like CD Baby and actually manually submitting tracks to iTunes. <laughs> um, and it was so expensive. I think it was like $149 for an album or, or an EP. Wow. 
which I know, depending on who you are and what your income is, doesn't actually seem like that much money. But when you are a musician who doesn't have much income because you're a musician, way back then, $149 was a lot of money to be spending on something that I didn't think deserved to be, sp be paid that much. So DistroKid came around and made certain things certainly um, affordable. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, they just seemed more, um, there was more clarity with, with CD Baby and things like that. There was a lot of stuff going on. That, oh, we're doing this for you. We're doing this for you. We're doing all this for you. And that's why it costs that money. Mm -hmm. And with DistroKid, it was kind of like, well, we're just opening the door and you throw your tracks in and we'll give them to the people that need them. Um, and that, that appeals to me. I like to, you know, get in behind the scenes and know exactly what I'm paying for. But then Bandcamp is, I would say, even easier to get tracks to people. It's mm -hmm. more or less, you can, like a, almost like a Dropbox or like uploading a YouTube video. It's, it's almost instant. Mm -hmm. And DistroKid has to, you have to wait with DistroKid to get it into iTunes and get it registered. And perfect if you've set a release date, uh, as you have, sir. But mm -hmm. if you want something uh, like I was doing, like I've just recorded a song. I want everybody to hear it. Um, so, yeah, DistroKid, three days. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Bandcamp is great. And you can also give exclusive stuff through Bandcamp. And you can now sell merch and all kinds of mm -hmm. crazy things. Okay. And, um, yeah, I really enjoy that you're doing those two different mediums. I think you seem to have uh done your research yeah i have i mean it, I've, I've definitely dug in and i've asked a lot of other people um you know what they're doing but um i i love i love um Bandcamp for the way it operates um that instant thing that they do i mean fair enough they do take their cuts most of the time um you know on the other end but you know that's so they've got to get paid somehow. So fair enough. But the one thing that I don't like about Bandcamp is it's really difficult or it's it's not really difficult. That's a very uh, now thing to say <laughs> to actually get to listen to the stuff that you've bought on Bandcamp is more difficult yes. than Spotify yes. or Amazon Music or what have you. Um, you know, you've got to have a separate app you've got a you know listening to it on a, on a um, on your desktop computer or what have you is fine but when you're on the go and you want to listen to it it's a bit seems like a bit of a faff to get to and i don't know if it's just my phone or, or whatever but i always find that when i've used when i'm using the Bandcamp app and i finish it and i and i try to turn it off it won't turn off it just carries on playing <laughs> and there's nothing you can do you have to effectively shut down every single thing sometimes i've had to shut down the phone and that makes me not really want to use it which yeah. is a real shame because otherwise you know it, it could be really really cool but i like supporting artists on Bandcamp. um i i you know i like the way you can buy someone's entire back catalog really quickly i, I bought pliny's back catalog uh, a couple of years ago after hearing him on a podcast i listened to um, no guitar is safe. Sorry to plug another podcast on your podcast, but um... which is <laughs> whoa, a great whoa. one. No, it's a great one. It's, it's a good <laughs> yeah, one. Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's, um, a, it's it, okay. It's not the best. <laughs> it is great. It's sorry. Very different, very different style of podcast. It's almost a different, completely uh, species entirely. Um, 
but I, you know, you, I get, I learn, you know, get to hear a lot of different guitarists through that podcast. And and generally, what I'll do is when I, if I hear someone, I'll just go onto Bandcamp and buy something. In this, in and so I like that side of it. Um, but yeah. At the moment, Bandcamp are uh, I've just not flustered charging. myself. I'm really sorry. You did fluster yourself. I'm trying to. <laughs> no one noticed. Um, Bandcamp are not charging musicians currently because of uh, the lockdown, <clears throat> so they're they're giving up their percentage. Only on right. certain days. But on certain days, exactly. Uh, and one of those days, coincidentally, is uh, <laughs> Friday the fifth hey. of uh, February, which the more observant of you will remember. It's when the Foo Fighters are releasing their album. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there's that what's um, um we're gonna wrap this up soon Moog, because it's uh it's late it's snowing and i don't want to draw this energy Lucky. out of you on your release week but what mistakes have you made that you're either glad you made them so you've done them or you're regretting them and you keep kicking yourself hmm that's an interesting question um Excuse me. Windy bumps. My Did you like that? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest, the biggest things I, I not not regret, but I wish I'd have done is just got on and finished tracks. It took me a long time to put tracks to rest and say, okay, they're done. I was always going back. Um, there was one track. The lyrics took me a year to write. Other tracks, you know, they just. They just arrived, but I, you know, I spent far too long trying to get it all together. I think I would, you know, I can't do that again. I'll be ridiculously old if if I spend another six years making an album. But um, so I think that's the big thing is just somehow try and finish something and get it out there, which is what I should have done. I was absolutely determined that I was going to have an album as my first mm. thing I was going to release. Um. And I think that's probably if I, you know, if I were to start that journey again, I would throw a single out, throw another single out, throw in a, you know, make an EP build up to that album. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's, you know, again, being the age I am and, and being the, the way I consume music, I like a good album. And, you know, this album is designed to be listened to as an album. It's, you know, it has, a, a designed flow through it it's there are songs that are very much meant to be at the beginning and very much meant to be at the end and you know take you on a little little journey um but yeah i think getting things out earlier is probably the big one for me mm -hmm. um maybe not doing everything myself as well um that's an interesting one because it is essentially just me recording the album uh making the videos doing the artwork um <laughs> planning everything it's a one-man show <laughs> yeah i think um which is great um and i i like writing that way um but i think yeah i mean and you know the situation i find myself in at the moment without you know i mean there's there's dan and john obviously who are in the band but i don't feel it's fair of me to sort of rely on anyone else to do that sort of stuff for me. So um, I think if I had, if I had more funds, I would certainly um, look into getting more people to do things for me. I, I don't like asking people to do something for nothing. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, 
I've been, you know, throughout the years as well, I've been trying to save up a little bit of money. So if if I ask an artist to do something, I have something to give them. If someone, you know, does a little bit of something, I can always give them a little bit of something. Mm. But, um, yeah, so slightly off topic now. But, a um, little bit of something is a great track name, by the way. I expect to see that on the, on the next album. One moment. A little bit of something, <laughs> Rapscallion 2. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, actually, what, sorry, what, what Mook just said is, is is quite an interesting point because at at some point, if you want to, I mean, clearly you said you don't want to make a profit, um, or you want to become millionaire with your music, but still, even at a like semi-professional level or kind of when you when you're starting a project, I think you got to find a way how to balance the artistry with some side of business because mm. you know you can you can make the greatest music, but if nobody's listening to it, it's just it's just kind of wasted. So. Um, have you have you ever thought about like um, like just releasing maybe just an EP and use this as a uh, as a means or a vehicle to enthuse people to to uh, fund your project because there are platforms like uh, GoFundMe and and and, and um, Startnext and and mm -hmm. those kind of platforms where you can actually you know collect money from people to kind of. Uh, yeah. To, to create those kind of funds to 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 create a full album and like you said for instance to maybe produce a hundred vinyl copies or something like that yeah that, that's a good point actually and absolutely something i have considered um my 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 hope is i mean the difference between my hope and my expectation i mean sure i'd love to spell yeah you know, uh, millions out of this that would be great um but my expectation is that i probably won't um, but if if I could find a way to generate enough enough income from the music to pay for making more music, that'll be great. That'll be a perfect, not perfect, but a, but a very comfortable position to be in. Um, mm -hmm. I with, with this album, the only thing I didn't do myself was mix it and master it because that's something I you know while I can do something very basic, I wanted it to sound good, so I saved up. Um, as much as I could, and um, there was actually this is, might be a good thing to talk about about um, online mixing and mastering um, services because going to someone in the UK would have been ridiculously expensive. Mm. Um, and there's a website called Sound Better who unfortunately have been recently acquired by Spotify, so they're now part of that machine. <laughs> but okay. they are a really good place. It's um, producers um instrumentalists from all over the world can just put their services on this on this hub and you just go and find the person who's right for you so i spent a good long time listening to the catalogs of a bunch of um producers and and uh, mix engineers and i found this one guy uh, called jaro in i think the czech republic um who i, I just sort of really liked his his uh the feel of his music that he produced so yeah i just got in touch with him we negotiated a price to do the album and um and he was yeah he went off and, and did that for me and because mm -hmm. it's remote because you know you're not sitting there in a the studio they can work it around the price is really well it can be really quite reasonable i did have quotes from people at abbey road you know just saying yeah i'll do it for 15 grand for you and yeah i know like, you won't <laughs> mate um <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i managed to find a guy who was just about within my budget um and i think that's probably at this level the way i would progress yes um 
so I think what I'd like to do is, yes, if I can find a way for maybe people to crowdfund that part of the process, I don't expect anyone to pay for me writing the music. Eventually, at some point, I'd like to go and sort of do studio sessions and write and record in a studio. But until then, I can get by writing at home. I can get by recording at home. Um, and, um, yeah, so sort of just outsourcing those bits that you can't do, I think, is mm. is interesting. And, yeah, the Sound Better is really good, really good site. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a very good advice because uh, you cannot you, you know you cannot have your strengths in all those fields. And I think if your sphere of action is focused on what you can do and what you can actually do pretty well, and you you know get help from people that that support you with kind of I don't know, social media activities or with mixing, with mastering, and that stuff, I think that that helps you to especially if you do it as a spare time activity to save up uh, some energy and some time for like the key ingredients of of your project. And uh, I think that's that's a pretty good and pretty vital advice to everyone focus on 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 what is really important and try to if you can source out the rest either with the help of your friends your family or even by by hiring people yeah yeah and and i think you know especially we you know the the world is open as at the mm -hmm. moment to to finding people i mean there's conversations to be had around where you spend your money but if you can get someone to mix your album at a price that you can afford by sending it out to another part of the world, then why not? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I mean, eventually I would like to, um, you know, like I was saying, one of, my, one of my dreams is to hold my own music in my hand on a piece of 12-inch vinyl. And that is something that I, I think if the, if the release goes well, if enough people get into it then you know i'll probably start selling some merch sell some sell some t-shirts and you know bits and pieces <clears throat> try and generate some funds maybe even do sort of like a pre-order thing for releasing it mm. on the out on album and one other thing that i've recently decided my first physical media release is um i'm gonna tell you i haven't told anyone else in the world this yet but uh my first physical release <clears throat> is going to be eight track cassette nice <laughs> That's i'm going to do, do an extremely limited run um <laughs> press uh recorded onto eight track and i'm i'm quite excited about that i, I love obsolete media formats um <laughs> and uh and recently, that's a great song title by the way too it is yeah absolutely hang on a minute obsolete media podcast gold <laughs> Songwriting advice, the Guitar <laughs> Stories podcast. That's great. Also, again, it fits into your niche, Moog. It fits into, yeah. the, I, I believe the people that would appeal to um, would be people like yourself. And that's the people who are your target. <laughs> Hang on a minute. What are you saying? <laughs> I'm saying you're the only, the only one that's going to buy your own hate track. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I'm trying to say is that <laughs> You obviously enjoy what you're doing. You say you have this dream to hold your music in its physical form in your hand. And to convey that excitement, that passion through the music, and then someone else is going to feel their energy and they're going to buy into it. And you just need to get it into their ears and into their eyes. And it's very clear to me that what you've created, it is not just some songs and some, some files. It's a piece of art because you've... You've um, certainly structured it from the beginning to the end, as you said, and the uh, the artwork is um, 
quite exceptional, quite simple, really. But the simplest things are the most difficult. And we had a question in the chat about talking about the artwork. Um, did you do that all yourself? Is that a yes. simple process? Well, um, the, the the single artwork, which is the thing that you'll have seen um, <clears throat> at the moment. Um, I yeah, I designed it. I, it's it's loosely based off of the first video, which I've been working on for quite a while. Um, so it's thematically connected to that first video. Um, and the first three singles, because there's going to be three singles. I don't think I've said that. Three singles on the way up to the album, which is going right. to be April the 9th. It's April 9th is release date of the of the album. That's uh, one for your calendars, because I know you're terribly excited. Um, so three singles on the way. And, and the artwork is going to be um, a set. So that sort of main image will will re be reworked for the three things so it'll be a, it'll be like a little collection when it comes together um so the album uh, the art rather is is something that i've i basically put together out of a lot of stock pieces and then manipulated there's um for, if anyone hasn't seen it it's essentially a, a, a sort of a very old looking wall with old wallpaper on it and on that wall it hangs a very ornate gilded frame um which um is a is a piece of stock imagery which i bought um and then within the frame uh, is a picture of a burning town overshadowed by a massive crap um yeah <laughs> and so i i mean i mean in the industry of mediary type things so I generally try to do everything legitimately. So for the images inside the frame, I found royalty-free stock art from, crikey, I don't know, I think it's from the 18th century. Um, and then just got two images and composited them together and tweaked them and manipulated them. And even if you're very eagle-eyed, hid a very, very tiny little photograph of me in there as well. Um, <laughs> so... Um, yeah, so it's it's basically it's it's a just a big sort of mishmash of all sorts of bits and pieces that I found online. Um, I bought a really nice font to, uh, to to do all the actual type, and the logo is something that I hand drew myself and then worked into with digital methods. So the Rapscallion logo itself is, um, yeah, that's something that's been evolving over the last couple of years and this is it in its current form okay so yeah lots of different ways of bringing little bits and pieces together that are available to you is it okay if i show it on screen is yeah the, go for the, it. the i've just managed to rip it for the internet in the most i would have been happy to send it to you but uh well you were talking you know. so i'm gonna put it on my face there we go <laughs> That is the, is the thing that Moog's just been talking about. Uh, the single, you're bloody well getting rock and roll tonight. <laughs> yeah, that, that direction. Um, yeah, I love it. It kind of reminds me a little bit of um, a Discworld novel. There's some Discworld there. Okay. But also, is it Lemony Snicket's Series of Unfortunate Events? Something like that? I might have read one or two of those. Yeah, it, there's there's a there's that kind of 
that kind of vibe going on. I love it. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. And, uh, th- this this image, I was I was toying with the idea of saving it for a future release, but I don't think it's going to be released as its own independent song. Mm-hmm. But one of the tracks on the album is called "The Night of the Giant Killer Crabs," um, so that is probably where that inspiration came from. As soon as I saw the stock image of the crab, I was like, oh, "Yeah, I've got to do something with <laughs> <like> that." <laughs> Very uh, nice. But that's a, a, a an eight minute mini rock opera, so I doubt it's going to really come out as a single. <laughs> it's got movements, Andy. It's got movements. I like right. a good movement. <laughs> Heard that about you. <laughs> oh, Britain. Uh, <laughs> Alrighty. So, give us some some more dates. So this Friday, oh, no, the fifth. Uh, the Friday the 5th of February 2021 we're getting yes. the first single you're bloody well getting rock and roll tonight from yes. Rapscally and the band um, where would you most like people to, to go and find that um, wherever you blooming well want to uh, whatever is most convenient wherever you're going to listen to it I don't care where you find it just I'd really love it if, uh, if, if you want if you want to listen to it um, I think probably the easiest one is going to be Spotify. Um, but, I mean, it'd be nice if you, uh, if anyone wanted to go to Basecamp and follow on Basecamp just to sort of build up the numbers. But mm. I think if anyone was interested, I'd really appreciate, you know, all the sort of social media follows and what have you. Perhaps if I could maybe send those to you, Andy and Dan, and yep, I should have done that. They'll go in the video description down below this. And uh, we'll put something out on the Instagram as well, Dan, yeah? Cheers. Yep. Um, yeah, but I think just if you if you can like follow on Facebook or I think or or you know any of those things, then just keep tabs of what's going on and and I'll point you to things and you know I'm usually around and if you want to ask me any questions or chat to me about the music movements. or movements <laughs> or anything else ridiculous that I've done. May I suggest Most mo- just, movements? Moog movements. Night of the Giant Killer Crab, a song in four movements. (laughs) (laughs) Featuring Professor Elemental. Yes, that's interesting, actually. If you like Professor Elemental, he's all over this bloody album. Um, Really? Ah, Yes. um, Night of the Giant Killer Crabs is is an original track where he's um, uh, co-stars. Co-stars? No, featuring. Featuring? Whatever. Yeah, that thing. (laughs) Um, We are in cahoots. Um, and there are also two tracks on the album which are uh, Rapscallion reimaginings of classic Professor Elemental songs, um, which we've completely re-recorded. Um, so, yes, not a, not a bit from... Um, one of them, in fact, he likes so much that he um, does that one live now instead of the original. So, oh wow, that's quite cool. fun. Yeah, wow. so there's yeah, yeah. yes, yeah, it's, it's quite nice actually. But um, yeah, I think if if you like Professor Elemental and you like rock music, you will probably like Rap Scallion. <laughs> um, so yeah. Well, Moog, I want to say thank you very much for sharing your wonderful personality and soon to be sharing your music with us. Uh, I, I've learned Excited. tonight, and and maybe you've picked up a few things too, and the people listening and watching, 
maybe you've got something if you're an artist. If not, then um, sorry. But uh, mm. <laughs> at the very least, there's some more guitar music coming to the world, and it's coming this Friday the 5th. And that can only be a good we thing. We need it, don't we? We need more good guitar music. We do. I'm not saying yeah. mine's necessarily good. I'm not trying to blow me on trumpet or anything, but that's for <laughs> others to decide, not me. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll put links to the music underneath this video and we'll uh, spam it all over the Instagram as usual. Right. And um, Moog, best of luck with the release. And I hope it. I hope you get to hold that in your hands. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks ever the so The vinyl much, dream lives on. Yes. <laughs> great yeah. and sorry if i've missed anyone's questions in the in the chat but you know i'll, I'll try and reply i'll have a, a sift back through and chuck some replies on the bottom if there's anything anyone wants to know great cool. great and um if you can't find moog anywhere you can of course contact us and we'll we'll put you through to the main moog line um yeah. <laughs> and we, we can tag him on instagram too if we release uh the podcast episode <clears throat> tomorrow sure yeah cool Thanks. Well, again, Moog, thanks so much for yeah, being our guest tonight and talking about those various topics, not just music creation, but also music distribution and how to try to stand out. A lot of challenges, but also a lot of great ideas have been shared. Uh, so, um, yeah, this was very insightful. And, uh, yeah, all the best for the project. Really love the steampunk approach. And I had listened to the album. You sent it to Andy and me previously. So that was really cool had a good vibe and always like positive music that makes me play the air guitar or the real guitar <laughs> thanks Dan. yeah yeah i just have to All tell right. you this just to end with this Moog. i listened to it on top of a mountain <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so great I, um, if, if, if that's not true can it be true it is true and um <sighs> Uh, yeah, it was my little moment. I had a few minutes to spare. I was like, oh, I need to listen to this before the podcast, you know? Amazing. Um, well, you're shirtless. It can only get better if you're shirtless. No. Like I think oh, the, the weirdest thing was my friend was returning his snowshoes that were broken. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I was listening to Rapscallion <laughs> on the top of a mountain looking out at That's this fantastic. thinking, it's not bad, this, is it? So, yeah. <laughs> so when you listen to it, I want you to imagine you're listening on top of a mountain and it's anthemic and rock and roll. Um, all right, people in the in the YouTube video, thank you for watching. Don't forget to do all the things that you do on YouTube and press buttons and click things. Um, Dan, do they want to tag us on Instagram? Yeah, of course. Whenever you get some gear to show or some stories, guitar stories to tell, tag us on Instagram. Of course, if you like the podcast and if you're listening on any of the podcast uh what is it called podcast catchers yeah podcatchers give us a rating on spotify or itunes that will help us to spread the word about our show um or send us an email or dirty messages on instagram or <laughs> emails on guitar at guitar stories podcast at gmail.com oh okay <laughs> goodbye everybody thank you Mook, cheers Dan. bye bye, bye, -bye. Oh, thanks dan thanks Andy.